Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen concludes her two-part discussion with Dr. Marnie Feuerman, a licensed clinical social worker and marriage and family therapist, on how our attachment history impacts our partner choice. As a quick note, this discussion was recorded before Dr. Feuermann's book was released. It is out now, and we have a link to her book at tkcchattock.org under the podcast tab. You know, we have some strange ideas out there about relationships, like for people, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem too needy. I don't want to seem, you know, too clingy or you know even the age old you know it's best to play hard to get um you know and some of these things that that are said over the years um are really not Mm-mm. very aware of attachment aware of current thinking what i'd like to hear some of your thoughts. I'm, I'm sure you hear yeah. things like that in your practice Yes, it drives me, it drives me crazy. I'm one for like just direct communication. And so um, even when I was doing some, you do some research for the book and you see what, what the competition is, what other things are showing up in, in the categories that your book is going to be categorized as. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, um, you know, not too happy with some of the things I was seeing. I love the ones that are science-based Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, usually offer something of value, but there were a few that were about playing games and having rules and, oh, if he doesn't call by Wednesday, you say no to the Saturday date and, you know, and there's exceptions to, to every rule, certainly, and there's exceptions even, and I'm sure with some of what I've written, you know, in the, in the book, it's not 100% fitting for, you know, every single circumstance, but um, but I, I would rather something be backed by the best science we have right now, and we have a lot of good science, and we have, um, uh, we have brain science, we have the attachment stuff, we have a lot of things that really help us make better decisions. And I would much rather, I think that's, that's, a, that's a much ba- better route to go than um, to rely on tricks and um, games and those kinds of things. That's just not my, uh, that just doesn't fit well for me. You know, <laughs> I would rather someone. It, it sort of makes you wonder the attachment style the author made. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's going too far. <laughs> exactly. It makes me think that they're saying, well, you have to manipulate or manipulate back to get what you need. And I'm thinking like, no, don't manipulate. Just say it like it is. And hopefully if you, if you can pick up on someone's manipulating you, that's probably not someone that you're, you want to be with, mm-hmm. you know, because also if we think about the future and who we're choosing to marry um, and someone who we're going to have kids with, uh, I mean, you having the healthiest relationship is going to also, you know, give you, um, it, it's going to help you be a better parent. It's going to help you stop these things that get passed on generation to generation, why not put a stop to it? You don't have to keep repeating these things that keep playing out over and over again. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So, and, and you also mentioned, um, you know, when you were talking about your blogs that inspired the book, you know, women getting into relationships with men who are unavailable uh, for various, you know, married men, you know, obviously they're available at some at some level because you're having a relationship with them. But what, what were your thoughts about that and how one's history impacts that? Um, yeah, well, obviously the, the most unavailable person is someone who's married, someone with somebody else. Um, what I, some of my, what I found out, interestingly enough, is that a lot of times the women do not realize the man is married. So the man will hide it or not wear the ring or something, and maybe they're meeting out somewhere. Some of these men even put themselves on dating sites. Um, and so the woman... Um, we'll say she'll call it falling in love that she fell in love and by the time she finds out they're married or they're unavailable um, she's already identifying it or labeling uh, her feelings as love and so one of the things that I think what that I impart in the book and again from like the science of what we know about about love and falling in love and the, the stages of it um, I, I want people to be very careful what they're calling love, which may be lust, it may be infatuation. It is before they really know the person. Um, it's before safety and security is developed. And so if you're calling it love when it's really chemistry, it's intensity, it might even be you know really good sex, <laughs> and it's all those chemicals and endorphins that are floating around, you're not thinking straight. Um, our brains go, um, like the rational, logical part of our brains really go offline when we are in those early stages of love. And it feels amazing. You know, we, I remember it. We all remember it. It feels great. But what, when you um, label it love, I want people to be able to say, you know, it feels safe. The person's responsive to me. They care about me. They show up. They're present. Um, they may uh, make mistakes. They may miss a tune at times, but they but there's repair. Um, mm -hmm. But if you can't say that, then I wouldn't want it labeled love. I want people to call it what it is. That I am in this phase, and there's it feels good. But um, to, to be able to make a more rational, conscious decision about who they want to stay with. And so mm -hmm. if you learn, okay, this person, you know, continues to, let's say, not, um, not, not be emotionally available or not available at all because they're in another relationship, um, not to get so caught up in the, in, in the feeling of it and realize that um, you can fall in love with somebody available if you allow yourself to do so and if you figure out where you're getting stuck and what mm -hmm. the patterns are and why and if you develop an understanding of that you can make changes and that you you know everyone deserves you know everyone deserves this they, we deserve to have a partner that's really there for us um and and so i find that like people whether it's you know that that situation where they're with somebody married um, or just someone who they feel like an instantaneous connection with. Um, and as much science as we have about attraction, um, we really can't predict that so accurately. Uh, we don't know. We can have two people who look perfect for each other on paper, but they meet and there's no chemistry. 
So we know that happens. And so that chemistry is, is that unpredictable piece. We just don't know what, why we're going to be so insanely attracted you mm -hmm. know, to this person. Um, but to not confuse that chemistry uh, with love and, that, and to realize that you may be shutting off this part of your brain that you really need to make a good decision for yourself in terms of a partner and who you're choosing to stay with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That those are different things, you know, and, and, and not to let that, you know, here, I, I love Harriet Lerner. She's been around yes. for a long time and she used to call that the Velcro stage of the relationship. <laughs> where it's just like you have to be together and you're kind of you know just oh we're obsessed yes you're yes obsessed. you can't stop thinking yes. of the person yes. and um you know if we could bottle and sell that <laughs> i mean forget about it <laughs> it's a real it's a really good feeling but what's chemistry might again also be that familiarity or you know um unfortunately there's something else that i that i learned very interesting when doing some research for the book is um the term is called it was so interesting to me it's that narcissists have um something called uh, zero acquaintance zero acquaintance was the term and i hope i explained this correctly but that um they are magnet they're very magnetic people. They're very charismatic. Charismatic. A lot of times they're good looking. Um, they're charming. And so they really suck us in. And so the term zero acquaintance comes from the idea that we can be so wildly attracted to somebody before we know them. And narcissists seem to have a lot of this ability um, to really draw us in and suck us in. Uh, and so we have to be super careful about that because then women then realize, um, oh, it's all about him and he's selfish and self-centered. And, you know, uh, when there's a problem, it's never his fault. And, and so then I'm all stuck in that. But, but gosh, he, he is so good looking and I really feel like I love him. And, um, and we have such great chemistry. And, and so we can be very fooled by that. And there's a real paradox that happens with that. So someone who you're really attracted to and have a connection, like a chemical kind of connection with, may not be the best partner. And that's really hard for people to reconcile. Yeah. And so you're saying, slow this down and think about this and don't just follow that strong attraction. Yes, and, and another thing that, that can help with that is to help is to have people who've been in your life a long time, whether it's uh -huh. friends, um, what I call in the book your your tribe of people who care about you and they know you really well. Check in with them because it's yeah. Because they're, they're always the ones saying, yeah, no about him, <laughs> right? Because right. they're not, they're not, they're able to be more objective. They're more objective and we're not. So if, if it's people that, you, if you trust their judgment, you know, certainly, and you, and you know deep down they want the best for you and they're saying, I don't like this guy, I don't like this person, or this person brings out the worst in you, or... Or, or this is a problem, this isn't good. Um, we, we tend to want to then alienate ourselves from those people sometimes. We say, oh, they're just not happy for me, or 
No, they may really be looking out for your best interest and doing it in a way that you just can't see. And so I think they, they're good at providing information that maybe we can't access ourselves when we're in that love phase. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, as you're talking, and I don't know the answer to it, and I don't expect you to know the answer either, but you might. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about poor just uh, information, polyvagal theory, and, and the social engagement system, and how we are constantly, you know, scanning and sensing if people are safe or not safe. And, you know, we, we can, this idea of a gut feeling about someone uh, is true. So I think, you know, sometimes others will have this gut feeling, but your gut feeling is maybe being overridden by some of the other things going on. And I'm not sure how all of that would relate, but uh, it was just something I was thinking about as you were talking. Yeah. Um... I, I, I think that probably that the, the polyvagal system that you're talking about, mm -hmm. um, well, let's see, first it can be, it can be an overdrive, certainly sometimes depending on our early experiences. Mm -hmm. So we could be constantly scanning for danger or interpreting things as dangerous, maybe when they're not just because we've had some really awful things happen to us. Um, but I also think it could probably be, you know, dampened where just as, you know, if, if our brains are, are overtaken by this, these feelings of, of love, lust, infatuation, um, we, we may dampen that system. So mm -hmm. we're not really having, I think it's called the neuro, it's neuroception, right? We're not really yes. perceiving, we're not, yes. our antennas aren't up, so to speak, yes. you know, for that. But they might, they might end up coming up out later, but sometimes we've already gotten ourselves in really deep. Mm -hmm. or we've committed or, and then, and then it's, um, a high, it becomes a highly distressed relationship, a highly distressed dynamic between two people. Um, mm -hmm. so I think, um, I think if we, the more, a uh, more we have that online as well, the more it's going to help us if we can, or if we're not sure it's a danger signal, that's when we reach out to other people who can do this reality testing for us. Um, even if it's a therapist. So if you don't have somebody, I mean, that's what therapists are really good for, that you go in and you say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the situation. Here's what's happening to me. And I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on. Is this my problem? Is this his, you know, or is it us? What's happening? And so you may be able to get more of a perspective on what, what's going on and someone can really ground you and help you see it for what it, what it is. And if it's something that's not good for you, what you can do about it and they can help guide you with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm also ever since you said it, pondering this aspect of uh, getting involved with relationships with people you don't know are married because, you know, obviously we've, you know, seeing these things on TV or whatever, uh, you know, where somebody has this double life or whatever. But with social media and all the online dating and things that are so prevalent today, it just seems like that would be more common. Um, and, and, and how geographically mobile we are and, and, and people maybe dating somebody across the country because yeah. we have all of these other ways that we, you know, so it's not like somebody from yes. the community where everybody knows, no, wait, that person's married. Yes, <laughs> you're, you're right. You know, I didn't even think of that, but I think it does 
uh, create more of a, of a gateway to that happening. Absolutely. It's much easier for people to lead a double life. And now we have uh, this catfishing term, this cat, you know, where people mm -hmm. can even be a different gender and everything. Yeah. That there's some, there's something they're, they're not. And so um, kind of along the lines of directly communicating um, as a real practical step, it's get, you know, get the facts. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, and, and make sure that you are listening to what's in front of you and really seeing what's in front of you. Um, and that that's a very good point. Cause that's another thing that can happen, right? That people like the signs are there, but you're not wanting to see the signs. Don't want to see them. Don't want to see the signs. <laughs> oh, this is going to mess up everything. <laughs> and I say, mess it up now Met you right. have one life to live mess it right. up now pay now or pay later right <laughs> yes yes exactly and don't invest i mean that was that's another message i really strongly send in the book is you know you you don't have we don't have endless time here on earth your time is valuable your life is valuable who you spend your time with i mean be really really careful about that and don't let years and years go by um, maybe being in a very unhealthy situation or just repeating them over and over again you know get you know, do what you can to figure this out and the sooner the better because yeah mm -hmm. like you said pay mm -hmm. now or pay later and usually paying later you're paying a lot more. Pay, paying bigger you know there's interest <laughs> yes compounded yes. so what would you say you know as as we I know we're running out of time but it is so you've worked with a lot of this in your practice and your your, your book is um, specifically geared towards women but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. aspects that apply to both you know as you work with people in your practice coming in with this you know there are one or two things that you start to talk with them about and maybe we've already talked about those things that are just like give this real aha experience like oh wow okay no way I you know I, I I have to think about what you're saying what what do you think oh absolutely um I mean, people, sometimes people are in a place as you know like when people come into therapy um, sometimes they're not totally ready to change. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they might be hearing what you're saying and whatever, but they're not maybe ready to truly absorb it, do something about it, make a change. You know, that, that's, that's okay. I don't think that's bad. I mean, yes, I, you know, I, I think to myself again, kind of like what I just said that, all right, you know, you, this is your life and you got, you know, you got choices here and how to live it, but you're here. And so I want to continue to build this alliance with the person and build the trust so that um, they just may not, you know, if they're not maybe trusting to begin with, they're not going to automatically trust what I'm saying either. And I, res I respect that and I understand that. Mm -hmm. So I want to develop a, a, a secure relationship with my clients and also model that behavior so that um, they at least have an image and they understand, they know what um, secure attachment looks like and have someone show up for you and be consistent and validate you and, um, and empathize with you and, and all of that stuff. And so before right. long, they might turn the corner one day and they might, they might start to say, 
wow, you know, I, I realize this and, and I want to set some goals for myself to make changes or maybe it's getting out of a certain relationship or finding a partner or whatever, whatever their goals are. Um, so we can really, really begin to do that at that point, but it's okay to me if they come in that first session and they're not ready to, that's nothing new to me. It's just, okay, they're not ready right now. And we just have to build the foundation of this therapeutic relationship to get there. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, Bowlby taught us, um, and Mary Ainsworth as well, that a safe haven and a secure base is formed from which to explore. So, um, I think, you know, looking at, I know we do have all the stages of change literature and all of that in terms of how people come into us, but um, you have to have a, a safety as you're describing in a therapeutic relationship that then allows exploration of alternatives, right? That's yes. what we know even with babies as they be, you know, as they be able to um, internalize the security of the caregiver, they're more free to explore the world. And I think, you know, we have the same with adults that we work with. Yes, that's, that's a very good analogy to describe it. Because so as you're building trust with your clients you're working with, um, they do feel more secure in doing these things independently and taking these chances and these risks in changing their behavior, because it's not it's out of their comfort zone. Yes. Gently pushing them there, but we can't force it on them. And, you know, and sometimes I've heard, which I'm sure you have some not so good stories about maybe a therapist who just kind of um, written off the, the patient, just said, oh, you're not ready to change. So firing, firing people. I I always yes, wonder firing. about that. Something about that phrase just isn't good, you know? <laughs> Right, right. And there are some very rare circumstances where you do have to fire somebody. And I know that I realize that I want to be unrealistic. But in most cases, it's, it's just about developing um, that, that, that healthy dynamic with your own client, that healthy relationship and modeling that and uh, developing that trust before they kind of say, oh, okay, I really believe, you know, Dr. Right. Barney has my best interest or right. that, that they're really looking out for me. I believe them. I trust them. And this feels safe and it feels like the right thing to do. And so then when you push them gently towards whatever goals they have, um, they're willing to take those chances and, and take those risks. And so, yes, that's the, you know, your, the safe haven um, mm -hmm. sort of analogy that we're, that we're using. Yeah. Secure base, safe haven. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'm, uh, this has been a really wonderful conversation and, um, I, I'm excited, um, for, for people to, to get to hear this. And if folks are interested in your book, in your website and your blogs, uh, let, let's let people know, uh, how, how to reach you, how to pre-order the book, all of that. Sure. Um, well, they could find all that good information at drmarnieonline.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-N-I-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. Um, so they can sign up for a newsletter to keep in touch with me. Um, the book's available everywhere. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, your favorite bookseller, Kindle, paperback, audio now, which is, which is wonderful. 
Um, again, it's called Ghosted and Breadcrumbs, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. And um, I really appreciate uh, you having me on as a guest. I love talking about this stuff. I can see you do. I can tell you do as well. So it's, yes. um, it's, it's a wonderful conversation to have. And I, and I like being able to impart this, uh, the attachment-related uh, information we have uh, to people. So um, the listeners, I think, you know, if, if they're learning something new or, you know, hearing something they haven't heard before, I, I think that's, you know, that's wonderful. So thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I really appreciate it. All right. Very good. Well, goodbye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchattock.org, or subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory.